cloud nine today because we got an email back from a podcaster it was waiting in the inbox first thing when i got up and it was some positive feedback from a podcast host and you know that this sort of thing is what i live for is it okay if i just like read a little bit of the email you think yeah go for it. i want to hear it okay so the host said thanks for reaching out i get a lot of guest pitches for the podcast but very few hit the mark of what my show is about yours caught my attention and thanks for actually listening to an episode before contacting me that makes a big difference too and then there's this sweet little smiley emoji so this email was not written to me because i don't pitch it was to santiago on our team but like i said just i'm on cloud nine getting an email like this this was four hours ago will just completely uplift me leading into my day. I know what you mean, because getting a result is one thing, but getting a result and this kind of feedback as well, that's like the cherry on the cake. That is wonderful. And I think that that example like perfectly sums up what we're going to be talking about today. So it's so fortunate that literally came into our inbox this morning, because on today's episode, we're going to be addressing the belief that booking podcast interviews is all about having the right relationships. Now, just to clarify, there's this idea that if you know the right people and you have the right contacts, you can get yourself or your client booked easily simply because you have a connection with the host or producer. Now, don't get us wrong. These connections are important, but they're not the answer to securing guest spots on podcasts. Yeah, that email is such a summary of the idea that we want to share with people on this topic of relationships, because the way I see it is that you form relationships with the podcaster because you approach them with a pitch that is thoughtful and considerate and not in these other ways of like trying to butter them up on social media or hit them with a bunch of flattery. And so this is what we wanted to talk about. We did not plan. This email legitimately came in the morning that we were planning to record this. It's so wild. And it just made me feel so secure in this topic and sharing this message with y'all because this is what we live and breathe every day the act of sending a good pitch so what is a pitch a pitch is that email you send to a podcast host that suggests yourself as a guest or in our case email that we send a podcast host suggesting a client as a guest that pitch itself can be the relationship builder and that relationship is solidified when you show up and give an amazing interview so yeah, relationships matter. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we don't have great relationships with podcast hosts and that they don't make our lives a little bit easier. Of course they do. But a lot of those relationships started out as a cold pitch with us sending an email to a podcast host that we've never worked with before. And then that blossoms into a really amazing relationship long-term. When I personally think of the best cold pitches that I've sent, and that I've seen the best results from. I mean, there's one that stands out specifically in my mind, and that is for the podcast Young and Profiting with Halataha. Now, bearing in mind, this is a show that has 3.5 million monthly listeners, according to Podchaser data. Not only did they say they'd be delighted to have our client as a guest on the podcast, they also said it would be an honor to have them on their client's podcast too. And all of this came from a cold pitch that I sent. Oh my God, Sam, that is such a good example, especially because when it comes to the very big shows, people have this perception that it is all about the relationships. And there are some podcasters out there who are 
just booking their friends, the people that they know in their personal network, right? We all can probably think of somebody who exists like and operates like that. And you know what? That is fine. There are over a million podcasts and there are many top podcasts. And we have gotten on to some really, really big shows with these cold pitches. Another one that comes to mind is Kathy Heller's podcast. That one used to be called Don't Keep Your Day Job, and now it's just branded under her name. And that one has over 5,000 ratings on Apple Podcasts and is in the top 0.05% of all podcasts. Or there's this show that was also really big. It's called The One You Feed. And again, top 0.5. So this means that these podcasts have more listeners than 99.5% of podcasts. And we cold pitch them. So the very first time that we approached these podcasts, it was with no relationship with them on our part. They didn't know our clients yet. And we approached them, book clients. And then often with these shows then are able to understand them and get to know them and then book other clients. But if you're pitching yourself, the good news here is that you don't necessarily need the relationships of an agency like ours to get to that yes. That is not actually, to me, one of the key benefits of hiring an agency. Of course, I'm biased. I think there are benefits to hiring an agency, but there's also benefits to doing yourself. And if you think I can't have podcast interviews without somebody who has the relationships to get me there, that is a limiting and untrue belief. Yeah, and I have to say like, Personally, as a podcast host, I can tell you that if you take the approach of putting the podcast first, you'll stand out from the crowd because we get bombarded with low effort pitches that just don't take into account what our content is actually about. And 99.9% of the pitches podcasters receive are spam. So yeah, I've, I've definitely received my fair share of crap pitches and I've actually pulled one of these out to share with our listeners. And it's an example for a show that I previously used to produce and host. So I'll start off. Uh, The subject goes, great guest for the loudspeaker, which is the show. And immediately, like, that is personally for me a terrible subject line. It, It doesn't really offer me anything. I mean, I'm glad they've got my show name in there and they've spelt it right. That's that's a plus. But apart from that, it doesn't really offer me anything. Like, I I don't really know anything about them. They're just telling me they think they're a great guest. I'd love to hear what you have to think about this subject line. Oh, you heard me laughing, Sam. And you're like, wait a minute. I'm just excited that you're like going to spill some tea here because we have a lot of clients too who have podcasts and they send to us their bad pitches. And so we've seen how bad they can get. But you know that the subject line is not great for, I think, two reasons. One, if this guest is so great, maybe you should name them because maybe they have some name recognition and that might get somebody to open your email. Or two, if they don't have name recognition, okay, what's the episode going to be about? Like, I want a little bit more information personally in a subject line. Mm -hmm. Like if you got a hundred emails with pitches that all said great guest for the loudspeaker, even if they are great, how are you going to know this is the one to go back to later? Like most hosts don't open their podcast pitches as they receive them. They file them and look later. So this isn't very differentiated. Not not great. Not a great start. (laughs) Yeah. It's very subjective that it's a great guest. I want to know like, why is it a great guest? And I want to see that or at least some, some reason for that in the subject line. So they've gone, hi, Sam. So that's not bad. I mean, they, they've got my name right, which is a good thing. Uh, and then it starts off with happy Tuesday, which is fine. You know what? That's, that's nice of them, I guess. I'm Emily, and I'm reaching out on behalf of X, the chief marketing strategist of Y, to suggest her as a guest for the show. She'd love to share her actionable marketing strategies with your audience so they can get a leg up on their competition. X is a fractional marketing director 
who guides founders at all stages of growth in developing an impactful marketing program. She helps businesses and brands grow by giving advice on defining a clear message that resonates with people, converting social media followers into customers, and building a community of fans. I've also attached her one sheet with additional information if you'd like to check it out. Would you like to have X as a guest? Thanks. So, <laughs> Bridget, do you want to share with our listeners what you think maybe some of the errors are here or maybe some things you might like about them or what you think could be improved here? Yeah, like let's break this down for people because people believe that I've got to butter you up on social media or I've got to do all these other things to form a relationship. And I think pulling apart this email will show like all the missed opportunities for relationship building. But Sam, I think folks need to know what the loudspeaker is about to kind of understand why this isn't the best pitch ever. Because isn't that kind of the core of the advice is like, when you're building a pitch that is a relationship builder, ultimately the number one thing that you want to convey to a podcast host is, I see you, I know what your show is about, and this guest is a perfect person to add value to your show because right? Like that's that email that I got back, right? It's like very few people actually hit the mark of what my show is about or even listen to an episode before reaching out to me. And podcast hosts want to know that you have taken that time to really consider this is what my show is about. And I have come up with some content that you can provide that is good for your people. So let's start there. Like what is the loudspeaker about? (laughs) Definitely. So the loudspeaker is a podcast primarily focusing on PR and marketing strategies. So if you want to bootstrap your own PR or marketing strategies, this is in traditional PR, so not focusing on podcasts at all. And then we have guests on and we we talk about this. So someone that maybe is starting their own business can learn the strategies to to do it themselves. So I would say that they, they're right in the sense that marketing is a topic we discuss and it would be good for our podcast. So I don't think they're off topic in that sense. The main thing that I have issue with is the fact that I don't really have much to take away. They've, they've been very vague. They haven't really described anything. They haven't really gone into detail. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's all very kind of like somewhat elusive in this message. Like I don't have a strong understanding of what they're going to be discussing. Now, one thing which is good is brevity, but the thing is they've been too brief and too vague here for me. So I think that's personally like my quarrel with the, the pitch itself. Yeah. So just to repeat a piece of this for folks, the third sense is like, she'd love to share her actionable marketing strategies with your audience so they can get a leg up on their competition. I hear something like that and I'm like, okay, what are they? Or do you have a case study or like, I need something I'm sure you need as a host, mm. something to stick their teeth into. So if this person were on our team, you know, I wouldn't allow this pitch to go out. I would be like, no, you need to get way, way more specific here. So either specific in terms of what are those marketing strategies? So later, you know, this pitch talks a little bit about defining a clear message. Great. Converting social media followers into customers. Great. Building community of fans. Great. But what is the thing that you're going to bring to this podcast that they haven't covered before? Because I assume that the loudspeaker, a marketing and PR podcast has covered these topics. And so part of showing fit is saying, Hey, I know you've covered, you know, defining your message a few times, but one thing I have noticed that you haven't gone into yet is blah, 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 like really specific topic, right? 
or I know you all your people are probably thinking about how they can convert social media followers into customers. And I love to share a technique that we tried out last year that had XYZ results, right? So like specificity, I think is where all of the genius lies because the more specific you are about what you're observing about that podcast that you're reaching out to when you can bring, that's the thing that like communicates that host. I'm paying attention and I really have done my homework and I'm not dumping all of the work in your lap. Like right here, Sam, it's all up to you to try to think about what you might like. And okay, I have a question and I didn't prepare this. So I don't know if you're going to give me the answer that I want to hear, but do you ever click on the one sheets to read them when they're attached to a pitch like this? Like, what do you do with the one sheets? So I, I did actually open the one sheet, but that was more just that curiosity to see if the one sheet was as bad as the pitch itself. So, <laughs> so like I opened it and again, it was quite a vague sort of one sheet. So in this case, I, yeah, I just opened it, but it was mostly out of curiosity. I don't know if that answers your question. I was really curious because a lot of folks do one sheets and we don't, um, we do do a media kit that gets sent to a podcast host once the interview is booked, but a mistake that people make when they're pitching podcasts is they rely on the one sheet, which is general. A one sheet is like the topics that somebody could speak about or more of their bio, but it's not customized to the podcast. If you want to think about relationships, right? That's the context for this episode we're doing. Relationship building. Relationships really are about taking the time to do your research, to show that you put the work in. So everyone on our team, I think, does an amazing job researching the podcast, making sure that the fit is a match, but they don't always put all of that research into the pitch. And so I'll say, you did the research, show it show your work in the pitch, reflect back to the host, what you're seeing in their content and why you think it was a fit. And that is the extra care that makes the difference between this one. I, I don't even think is an offensive pitch. It's just meh, right? It's not going to get you booked, but it's not like, oh, you're a spammer who spelled my name wrong. There, there are worse pitches out there to be fair to this poor person whose pitch will like a bar, but the difference between this mediocre pitch that is probably not going to get you booked or a response back and the kind of pitch that leads to a relationship with the host is showing that you put the research in and making your email much more custom to each podcast. I'm interrupting this episode because I know you're here because you want to leverage podcast interviews. Maybe you're looking to grow your network or bringing new leads, or maybe you've been invited on a podcast and you're looking to get more intentional and proactive with reaching out to podcasts to suggest yourself as a guest. And most likely you're listening because you're looking for some help. Either you want some help with your messaging or just brainstorming the right podcast to reach out to. Well, you're in the right place, my friend. Our podcast planning intensives mean you don't have to do it alone. They're led by senior members of our pitch team who are working with podcasts every single day and me, which means you get two extra brains working on your podcast outreach and the programming. We'll work with you to identify which podcasts will bring you closer to your goals and write up your own personal pitch scripts for those shows. We'll help you put together a plan to leverage every interview and we'll give you the context you need to book those interviews. Plus, we support you as you start that outreach process. Sound like a dream? 
Come on over to podcastally.com forward slash VIP to learn more about our podcast planning intensives and to get the help you're looking for. That's podcastally.com forward slash VIP, where you can find all the info and book an intensive. Now let's get back to the show. I think there's lots of opportunities to stand above and beyond because the quality of pictures out there is is very crap. And I have to say as well, I one of the things that drew me to Podcast Ally is the fact that I know one of the, your motivations is you want podcast pitching to be better everywhere because you hate the idea of people receiving pitches and they're crap and it just forces people to just have this negative stigma around podcast pitching. So I think both you and I are really driven by that mission and I hope that people listening can get on board and we all just start sending much better pitches. Yeah, Sam, like if if we have all of our competitors listening to this episode right now and improving their pitches and getting better results, honestly, that is good for us, right? Because the volume of bad pitches that podcasters get make them not want to receive or open pitches anymore. So I feel like, what is that? Um, a rising sea lifts all ships, right? If everybody could just get 10% better at the pitch work that they're doing, the outreach they're doing, the relationships that they're forming, I think that we can only benefit from that. And so I really don't care. Like if we're giving all of our secrets away and all of our competitors listen to this and say, oh, I'm going to take this and run with it. Like, please, please do. We have discussed a lot about what it takes to write a crap pitch. And we've also discussed the fact that you need to put podcasts first, like you need a podcast first approach. So in that spirit, what can listeners do to take a podcast first approach so they can form good relationships with podcasters, Bridget? Yeah. Number one thing, research, do your research and researching the podcast doesn't necessarily mean subscribing and listening to 20 different episodes, right? But what you want to do is you want to look into the podcast and really think about it from this critical eye of what kind of content are they putting out? What are the themes of content that they're putting out? So if it's a marketing show, what elements of marketing do they like to cover? Do they like to have case studies or do they like to have advice? Like really looking for the patterns into the content that they're putting out and also the guests. So you want to look at if you're pitching yourself, do I fit into the guest lineup? So a couple of really clear examples I like to give to this is like, there are some podcasts like Dax Shepard, where a lot of the guests are celebrities or they are experts with really hot books out. So in general, you know, if you're not a celebrity or somebody with that high profile book, probably not the podcast for you because you don't fit in that lineup of those guests unless you fit into that group. But let's say the marketing podcasts and they only do case studies. Okay, do you have a case study that you can bring to them? Or if they're a marketing podcast and they only do other experts to give advice, is that who you are? So you really want to research the podcast and try to identify what their content themes are, what kind of guests they're looking for. And then, like I said, show your work, use the language of your pitch to tell them, you know, use your pitch to tell them, I noticed that, or when I was looking at your podcast feed, I saw that. I know you love to cover content like, and I could bring this to the table. So be very explicit to the host about the research you've done and then share it with them. So Sam, I know that like you're a member of our pitch team and I know I preach this constantly, but I'd love for you to share with people if you can, like what your process is and what you look out for when you're doing your own research. 
Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. And so personally for me, the first thing that I will do is like you said, read the, the description because the description is going to give you so much about what the podcast is about, uh, what they look for, what they try and cover. And as well, it shows you what language they're using, like what words they use. And I think this is so important for understanding the podcast, especially because you want to use the language that they're using in their description when you write the pitch. Now, I know you've talked about mirroring before. Do you want to give some background on that? Because I know that's something you're very knowledgeable about. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sam, for reminding me to talk about that. So mirroring is a sales technique where if you are in a sales meeting with somebody else, it can be very powerful to use the kinds of language or even match their energy. So for example, if you're on a sales call and you're normally a super extrovert like I am and kind of loud, and the person that you're speaking with is more quiet and reserved and considered, it can be good to kind of match your energy to theirs. So become a little bit more quiet or vice versa. And I want to say this, if it feels manipulative to you, mirroring is actually a natural human tendency. So If you have a friend group, for example, and you tend to start talking differently when you're with your friend group or using different words, it's because this is a way that humans unconsciously form bonds with other humans. And I actually have a really good friend. She's first generation. Her mom was an immigrant. Both of her parents are immigrants from Ireland. And when she gets on the phone with her mother, she'll be talking like we're from Chicago. She'll be talking with a stereotypical Chicago accent to me. And then the second she gets on the phone with her mom, she picks up an Irish accent. And Sam, I mean, you're from the UK. You don't live there now. Do you sound more British when you talk to your British friends and family? Uh, Perhaps. But I have to say one thing that sticks out for me the most is when I go home, it's the language I use. Now, for listeners, I live in Colombia and I have a very kind of multinational friendship group. So my language is a real mix. In Colombia, there's lots of American kind of words they might use. I've got very like North American friends and my friendship group is just such a mix. So when I go home, I will just say words which are American. Like I will say, I can't remember like sidewalk. What was it? I We say pavement in the UK. And I remember it just came out so naturally. I said sidewalk or something like that. And that's like such a terrible thing to do in the UK. Like British people are so proud of their words. I don't know why. So when I say that, they just joke and like, call me American or whatever. It's kind of like a sense of almost being like ostracized a little bit. And it's exactly what you said. Like I, I'm now mirroring all these different cultures, all these different kind of geographical locations and the language they use. And I've now become like some sort of like melting pot for it. Yes. So exactly. So this is something that like we're all doing naturally in our everyday speech. Well, it's something that you can do intentionally either in a sales process or when you're writing an email to a podcast host. So one of the things I like to think about are you want to mirror the language that the podcast is using to describe your common audience, right? So when you go on a podcast, it's because they have cultivated an audience that is also the audience that you want to reach or are reaching through your work. So let's take small business as an example. We were actually just talking about this as a staff meeting. The language that people use to describe what kind of business owner they are can be very, very loaded. So whether or not you use words like I'm a founder, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a micro business owner, I'm a coach, I'm a small business owner, right? If you're part of like the online business ownership community, you 
probably know how loaded it is when you say to somebody, so what do you identify? Do you use the word entrepreneur? Do you use the word founder? So you want to look at the podcast description and the language they use. And when you're using a pitch, if you would normally use the words entrepreneurs, but they call their audience something else, you want to use the language that they're using. And it is a very subtle, almost unconscious cue you can use for that host to show them that you're paying attention and that you're kind of part of that in-group and that you really get the audience. So this can be a very, very small and subtle thing to weave into your outreach to each podcast, but it can make a huge, huge difference when you're pitching and the results that you get. Yeah, that's the first thing that I always look for. I, I go to the podcast description. I try and understand the, the language, what kind of words they use, like how am I going to take the language they've used and maybe like how does it apply to the the client that i'm pitching and then once i do that i will listen to an episode and i know we joked about this you and i uh but usually i try and listen to it at double speed 2.5 if i can maybe 1.8 if they're a quick talker um because listening to an episode really does help especially if it is an episode based on something similar to what my client talks about and sometimes i'll scroll right back like deep into their episodes to find something and uh, it's usually from listening to this episode where I find something, I, I find where they've touched upon the topic that my client discusses. And then I will try and go a step further and understand what haven't they talked about on this episode? What have they discussed and what have they not discussed, which my client could talk to and maybe have like some kind of follow-up episode on. And then once I listen to an episode and I've got the idea, what I'll do is I'll look at their website or social media, just to get an understanding of the information which they offer on their website. And I like to look at their social media just to see how it's presented, how active they are. One of the reasons I look at their social media additionally, or website is because if I haven't found something which I genuinely like, or I have enjoyed from the episode, and I don't have a genuine compliment to give, not maybe because they're like bad or whatever, but just nothing's resonated with me where I'm like, wow, I really want to convey to them that I like that thing. Then I'll look at their website and usually there might be something on their website or there'll be a social media post, which I really enjoy. And if not, like if I've gone for it all and there's nothing which is genuine that I can compliment them on, then I, I won't bother. But I always have this in the back of my mind because it is nice to add a PS and be like, PS, I like this post that you posted on social media. And I really do have to stress that it has to be genuine because as a podcast host, you can see the insincere compliments from a mile away. So if you do go through an episode, you go over their social media, their website, and nothing resonates with you, then don't bother. Don't put it and don't force it. Yeah, this is a big one for me where we have heard from so many different podcast hosts that the whole like, hi, podcast host, I really love your show. And then they let you launch into it is something that is actively off-putting to the majority of people because they get hundreds of emails that all start in that same way. And so I always like to say, it's not a compliment unless it's specific. So if you're not able to say, I really love your show because, and then talk about something you heard in their podcast, you are actively harming yourself by including that in your pitch. And I think people do it because it feels sort of unnatural to dive straight into the topic or the content that you want to give to people. But giving a compliment is just one way of showing a host that you are paying attention and that you're vibing with their content. 
And giving them a thoughtful pitch with an episode they can use is frankly another way of doing that. So if you're not going to take the time or you're not legitimately vibing, like, please do not say something super generic. Like, I love your show. I'm a longtime listener. You got to go more into it with what it is that has really moved you about their their show or why you think that you would be a good guest because of what you heard. Otherwise, just please, please just leave it out. It, it will hurt your pitch. Yeah, I remember that you were actually on Being Boss and they uh, they mentioned exactly that. Someone pitched them and they got their name wrong, like literally started like, oh my God, I love your show, Being Bossy. And I think that kind of demonstrates exactly like an insincere compliment because if you did like a show, then you'd at least get the name right. Yeah, that sort of thing is so bad and so egregious. You don't want to stand out for the wrong reasons, right? <laughs> don't stand out for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do have something else which I, I was hoping to bring up today. And I'm guilty of this, uh, where I have read the description and I've understood the language they use, but I haven't understood it fully or I've misconceived or I've misunderstood really what the show's about. There's one example that I really want to share with you because it comes to mind. and I know it's something that we've discussed before. It's the podcast Mistakes Make Magic. So to share with listeners, I was pitching a client and I was going after photography podcasts. And this is uh, like, it does say it's got entrepreneur and photography in the title. So I got carried away and I went to pitch it like any other photography podcast, obviously like tailoring it a little bit, but I was just so focused on it being a photography podcast that I completely missed obvious signs. And uh, it wasn't until like I went to speak to Bridget that um, you raised with me like that I'd missed obvious things. So I wanted to know like if we could go over the mistake I made in thinking that this was just a photography podcast. Yeah, as you're talking about this, it's kind of coming back to me. So if I remember correctly, we were doing a, let's generalize it, a marketing angle for a client to photography podcast. So it was kind of about... Mm -hmm something marketing related to your photography business, right? So it was like very tips and advice. Like mm-hmm. yep. if you want to attract more people, here's some marketing tips for you. That's right, Sam, right? Like the basics. Yeah, exactly. And so we had kind of a pitch angle that you were doing for that. And so obviously you're customizing it. You're looking for the language and all of these things. And I remember getting that pitch and being like, but Sam, the podcast is about how you learn from the mistakes you made in your own business. And the pitch was like a person coming in as a marketing expert to be like, here's what you should be doing. And so that to me is such a clear mismatch where it's like, if it's about mistakes you made in your own business, you probably need to be a photographer talking about your own mistake and what you learn from it. But we would have to dig into it a little bit more than that. But like an advice giving pitch of like, here's how to market your business doesn't even remotely relate to what that podcast is about. And You know, it's wild because podcast hosts will be like, people really miss the mark and they'll be really harsh in it. And it's fair. They're getting bad pitches. But I think about you in that moment, Sam, and like, there is no one more well-intentioned or crushed by feeling like you're really missing the mark and not quite getting what somebody's about. None of us do it intentionally. Like sometimes it really does happen where you're in your groove and you just don't see something. God, you're like, I feel like it hurts my heart because you're like calling yourself out here. But like, yeah, this was a case of just getting almost tunnel vision, right? About I'm looking for a certain kind of podcast and they fit the mold and then maybe working a little too fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exactly that tunnel vision in the sense that I saw a photographer 
I saw that word and I just went after that and I chased that. So that that was a real that was a real eye opener for me. Yeah, and I think it's right. Like when you're like even with a niche category like a mistakes make magic, it is a you know helping photographers build their businesses. And even within a niche that is fairly specialized like that, there can be a wide variety from what one podcast wants to cover versus the other, right? Because some might say, I want to work on my building the skills as a photographer, right? I want to focus on all the technical aspects of how to make my photography better. Another one might be focused on marketing advice. Another one like this one might be case studies and mistakes made. And so there can be a very broad variety of what those kinds of podcasts are looking for, even within a niche that I think is pretty specialized. And so it is important not to make assumptions and really, again, do the research, you know, do the work, do the research and then show the work in your pitch. Yeah. And also on the topic of mistakes that I won't be making again, (laughs) (laughs) I think one of them will be writing a pitch when the podcast host has specifically asked for some other form of contact. Do you want to explain what I'm talking about there, Bridget? This is a rite of passage at our agency. Everyone makes this mistake once and then it's so painful. They do not make it again. So we have a research team that researches how the podcasts that are in our database, like 2000 podcasts want to be contacted. Usually it's a host direct email. So I would say I don't know, 75% of the time, a podcast host would prefer an email. When it's not an email, almost all of the rest of those instances, they have a form where they say, submit this um, guest application form. And then sometimes, very, very rarely, they specify that you should contact them on Instagram. But that is super, super rare. Like out of 2000, there might be three or four podcasts that want to hear from you on Instagram. So the takeaway here is that Sam and everyone else who is on our team will have an experience where they're in their groove, they're writing their pitches, they're drafting up emails, and I review all the pitches for new team members, and they'll have written an email that is this great email, except we go into our database and the podcast host is asked to submit a form, and the form has really specific questions, and all of that work writing that email has to be scrapped and started over, and it it's painful. It's painful, right? Yeah, that's a feeling that sucks. It's like, oh, it's just, yeah, one of those really deflating moments. And the better the pitch is, like the more painful it is. And so the, the message here is that one of the ways to show a podcast host that you care about them and that you're paying attention is to follow their directions. So often on the contact page or the podcast page on their website, So if you go to their website and not into Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, right? But go to their website. Sometimes they'll have directions where they'll say, we have a specific guest submission form for you to use if you want to be a guest on the podcast. And sometimes those forms will be almost like a general email contact without a lot of fields. And sometimes they're very specific in the fields. And so if a podcast host says, please submit via this form, Do not go around their process. That is not nice. Most podcast hosts are podcast hosts on the side of something else. So your really big podcast that you listen to, you know, somebody might be producing six or seven different podcasts where they're going through the submissions. A lot of podcast hosts are people who are also doing full-time businesses or have full-time writing careers outside of their podcasts. They have asked you to do the form 
so that they can manage the submissions that they're getting. So you want to make sure that you follow those directions. Yeah, definitely. I won't be making that mistake again. So yeah, no matter what form that they ask you to take when approaching them, just make sure that you're always polite about it. And if they do get back to you, no matter what the response is, just be gracious and be polite as well. Uh, even if it's rejection, you just have to be polite because remember, you're, you, you are building relationships here. And additionally, I would say when it comes to the pitch, like we mentioned before, don't bother with insincere compliments, flattery or anything like that. And you also don't necessarily want to be too over familiar. I mean, one thing that I have noticed with pitches compared to like writing in many other forms is that they are usually more informal. But that doesn't mean that you should be like overly familiar when you do send these messages. Yeah, I agree with all of that, Sam. Like, I think that people can just feel like they have to overcompensate about the fact that they're reaching out to people often cold via email and do all these other things where they go on to social media and they comment in a bunch of content or they start sending people DMs or their pitches do have this weird over familiarity. And None of that stuff is really necessary. I mean, we have had amazing results for our clients. So just today we had a pitch go to a, a podcast host that we've used all of these approaches with. And they also came back and booked another client, not only on an interview, but asked them to do a training to their community. And it's like their ideal audience. Um, we just had another client book onto the major startup podcast, Mixergy. Like I can tell you that if you are the kind of person who wants to do all of that extra networking on social media and it's natural to you, great, go do it. But you don't have to. And you don't have to use all of these other kinds of techniques to show somebody that you're worthy of being the podcast. It, it's not necessary. And if you're thinking you need to do these things, you're probably holding yourself back when you could be out there booking interviews already. Fantastic. So we've covered a lot today. And I think really by now you should understand that don't get us wrong. We do have amazing relationships with podcasts that we work with, but we develop those relationships by putting in the legwork to identify what each individual podcaster wants and we've delivered it to them. I know beyond without a doubt that you, the listener, just like us, are considerate and thoughtful. And the last thing you want to do is show up like one of the spammers that we've talked about in this show. So please put in the legwork and apply the steps that we've shared in this episode and you too can start building those relationships. So Bridget, now that we've addressed the misconception that booking podcast interviews is all about having the right relationships, other than that, what one piece of information do you hope our audience will take away from this podcast episode? If you go to every single podcast host and really focus on what is the value that you can bring to the audience? How can you serve that audience through your interview? What's that aha, that major moment of transformation that they will have? So in other words, put the audience first and put your own goals and aspirations second. You basically cannot go wrong because the podcast host is there to serve the audience. That is their focus too. It's what you have in common. So every time you reach out to the host, focus in on that audience, what they need, how you can serve them. You cannot go wrong. Fantastic. And now I think that's a great way to end the show. Before we go, I just want to remind everyone, if you've got value from today's episode, then please, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. They really do help us get the message out there and they help us get better pitches out there as well. Thank Thanks. you.